Hi friends. Hello, hello. You're listening to I'm Sorry with the podcast with Ashley Sleek. It's just like I showed up to your house, bottle of wine in hand with like 45 to an hour of juicy ass gossip to talk about. Like who doesn't want to do that? Hello, hello, and welcome back to I'm Sorry with the podcast. I'm Ashley Sleek. Happy Easter week, everybody. It's uh, it's that time for the bunnies and the eggs. Listen, I myself am a big Easter candy bitch. I love peeps and I'll die on that fucking hill left and right. I don't get why you guys are such fucking haters. It's literally a marshmallow in a shape and a fun shape. We love fun shaped foods. If you're going to tell me that the Scooby-Doo macaroni and cheese is not the elite macaroni and cheese, you're out of your mind. Also, I'm sorry. I'm going to keep doing, you know how this podcast goes. I always have to change subjects, but I apologize for it. And I just have to say this. I was minding my own fucking business in existing in my world. And I was on the phone with the otter and he was telling me about this restaurant he used to work at where this guy was like, I make the best macaroni and cheese. And he you know, his response was kind of, yeah, it's macaroni and cheese. And I said to him, you know, I know this is like might be weird, but honestly, I tried a lot of gourmet macaroni and cheeses in my day. And I just I prefer the blue box. And there was silence on the line. And I was like, oh, is this it? This is the moment he's like, I can't deal with this bitch. And he just says, Ashley, nothing about that surprises me. And I, I felt a little attacked. He's like, yeah, nothing about your food palette makes me think that you would enjoy a gourmet macaroni and cheese and you would prefer the box. So I don't know if he was trying to call me trashy, but it was noted. And honestly, it's true, though. It's true. Fuck your gourmet macaroni and cheese. I didn't know I was going to get this passionate about it. I kind of forgot about that story until I said this out loud. And honestly, the only note that I had that I wanted to talk about was Easter. So I don't even know how we got on macaroni and cheese, but I think this is the joy of listening to the podcast. Anywho, all I have to say is that I don't need your fancy ass fucking mac and cheese. I just want a little powdered crap. Okay, I just do. I don't think it tastes good. Genuinely, I don't. I just... I have never tasted a gourmet macaroni and cheese and been like, you know what? That's the shit. No, the only thing that has ever come second to me is the Panera white cheddar macaroni and cheese in the shells. And that shit will send me into a coma, but I will eat it anyways. And call me trashy if you want. I don't support it. It's like one time when someone uh, so politely, I don't know if I told this story on the podcast. I didn't want to offend anybody, but I'm going to do it anyways now. But I was hanging out with some people. So I'm from Livermore, California. Woot woot, shut out. Uh, they home of the Yale House. And I lived in Springtown, which was like a subset of Livermore. I don't really know what you call it. I guess a town, you idiot. Anywho, I'm from Springtown. And one time I was talking from someone to someone also from Livermore. And they were like, oh, yeah, I would never move to Springtown because it's so like it's so liberal. And I was like, really? Because the bitch on the street is is like fronting a Trump flag. I don't know if we're that liberal. And it was really tragic when somebody else had to explain to me that they were calling me poor and trashy for living in Springtown. And I'm like, bitch, what the fuck? My house was nice. OK, we have a backyard. Like, don't fucking come for me. I had no idea. I had no idea I was living in the slums of Livermore, but apparently we were. And I think our house is really nice and I wouldn't call it the slums at all. But apparently because I'm a blue box macaroni and cheese poor person from Springtown, that's just the life that I have to live now. 
Uh, I originally started talking about Easter and we (laughs) really took a turn here about macaroni and cheese. I'm not quite sure how we got there, but here we are. And you know what? Luckily, the otter likes me no matter what happens. But anyways, Easter candy is superior. I do feel like the Reese's pumpkins are the best, but I will settle second for the eggs and then the trees like pumpkin eggs trees. But then also Cadbury's like, hey, bitch, this is my motherfucking season. And the Cadbury egg with the little cream inside is just I don't know what to tell you. Those eggs are the best thing I've ever had in my life. And I will not be fronted. The problem with me, though, is I'm one of those people who and and trust me, working in the chocolate industry, I realize how fucking stupid this is now. But like, I don't want to eat a shape or, you know, a packaged season candy outside of that. I'm aware that it's the same chocolate just wrapped up as a bunny. I'm I'm uninterested. If it's not Easter, don't. And you I wonder to myself as a marketing person, you know, how much does this matter if it's a different shape? And and, and then I remember that I thought that like I know that it's a different I, it matters. So anyways, it's Easter. Easter and I have, you know, a little beef. It's fine. It's just that, you know, I I love Easter. I do. It's that there's just one memory that I keep holding on to and anybody who like talks to me long enough and Easter comes up. We'll always hear the story. And I only tell the story with confidence because my mom doesn't listen to the podcast. But if I thought for even a second that she was going to listen to this episode, I would never tell the story. But it's listen, it's a longstanding beef. Okay, it's a beefaroni. And I don't know the real story. Maybe there's a real story hidden under here. But this is this is my truth is that I spent eight years of my life starving over playing the sport of lacrosse, several concussions, One time I played with a broken rib, like, hello, or a rib out of place. I don't think it was broken. I think that was being a little dramatic and I'll own that. But I remember that I was playing. I was having back pain. The trainer was like, lay down on the ground, bite this. And then she just like, uh, punch my rib back in. And then I like continued to play. And then after she was like, yeah, that's what happened. So anyways, I gave my life and love to the sport of lacrosse and I was rewarded at the end, my team was rewarded, not just me. And my senior year, we made it to championships, okay? And this is all I've ever wanted. I played for a lot of losing teams. I talked about this before, the Ferocious Frogs being one of the top teams I ever played for, and that was mid-tier soccer. Like, I was probably 11. Anyways, so I, you know, I make it to championships, and it just so happens to be Easter weekend. And, you know... I thought that my whole family would want to come and watch this happen, would want to watch me in my glory in what I worked eight years of my life for. And they didn't come because it was Easter. And my mom's like, are you not going to make it? I said, dish, what? Baby girl, I made it to every fucking Easter. Okay, I made it. I've never I've never missed an Easter. But can't we like I'll give you an egg hunt if you want. I will use my lacrosse stick and I will throw an egg at you. But they didn't come. And you know what happened? I won first team all league that year. And that's something I've been working also eight years for. I was like, I see all these fit as fuck athletes who keep winning this award and I want to win it. And I won it. I had won second team the first year. I was so close. And I literally thought I remember that they called the names for Sonoma State for second team and I wasn't on it. And I looked to my team and I was like, I lost like I didn't do it. I spent eight years trying to win 
And I just, that was my chance. And I didn't even get second team my senior year. I'm, I, I'm like, okay, like we're good. It happened. I was like, hand me that fucking pizza. I'm ready to eat. I'm shoving my face the pizza. And then I just hear my name get called. And I was like dumbfounded. And everybody look, turns and looks at you, right? And I'm just like shoving my face with pizza in sheer disbelief. And yeah, I won. And you know what? Nobody was there. I'm just kidding. My team was there and I appreciated that. But, you know, so I've been a little salty about Easter. However, I do love it. And this is why Easter has the best outfits, in my opinion. I am a fall girl. So obviously, you know, I love Thanksgiving, but everyone's trying to be a little bit practical when it comes to Thanksgiving. You're trying to leave a little wiggle room. Easter, it's like your Sunday best. This is like high end church bitch moment. And I appreciate I, I love the pastels. I love the vibes. I love the sunshine. So I do. Listen, I love Easter. I'm just a little mad at it. Was that almost 10 years ago now? Maybe. Maybe. But I reserve the right to be mad about it. And I will continue to be. <laughs> but I am excited. I know everybody's really stressed about my cocktail. I hear you. Um, I'm doing a strawberry lemonade sangria. I'm going to make it on Wednesday and let it sit. The advantage to dating somebody who used to be a bartender is that I can ask all these questions. I have no idea if they annoy him and he's just humoring me, but I really appreciate it. I'm like, hi, I'm just here to make my sangria better. And he's like, yeah, the longer you let it sit. So I'm like, OK, I'm not doing anything immaculate. It's just wine and juice and fruit. And I was like, maybe I should add a hard alcohol. And I asked him, what if I just added a little vanilla vodka and he's like probably not and I was like okay this is why this is why I have you so I don't really know I don't think we're trying to get like too wild you know but yeah also this is my first week without Andrew I've made it it's only Tuesday actually <laughs> I'm like congratulations everybody I've made it through my first week without Andrew there's there's a little uh there's a there's a hiccup with my insurance I don't want to talk about it because I can't and so anyways, I just don't have, um, you know, I don't have insurance right now to have Andrew, but I will. And so, you know, it's been a full day. Usually I see him on Mondays and it's Tuesday. And on Monday, maybe I had a slight mental breakdown and cried a lot and maybe scared my family with my tears. I don't know. Maybe that happened. Maybe it didn't. But you know what? I made it through. And I'm here today. I'm sitting here and doing the podcast. So I think that's a win. I, uh, <laughs> you know, it's fine. I would say that I am surviving and making my little ticks to thriving. We're getting there. We're not quite there yet, but here she is. I still think I'm having the hardest time keeping up with my phone. I am nowhere... I've nowhere like docketed my list or made it smaller and it decreased is the word I was fucking looking for, by the way. I in no way have decreased my text messages and I feel very bad about that, but I am just so fucking overwhelmed. And I, I think that when my phone goes off, I just I want to think it's a job person being like, hey, girl, we saw you. You know what? Honestly, applying for jobs is just being your ultimate hype man. And people have made this joke before about the way you have to go into applying for jobs is like you are a mediocre white man. And honestly, I've I've done it. My deal now is that obviously we know I'm a big new girl fan. OK, what would Schmidt from New Girl do? 
if you haven't seen New Girl, Schmidt is like one of the greatest characters. I think everybody's characters on that show are fantastic. But Schmidt is like your epitome of a mediocre white man. He works in marketing. What's up? Uh, he, you know, he just has so much confidence when maybe he doesn't need to. But like he doesn't know that. And so I'll look at a job and I honestly stop and think to myself, is this even worth applying for? And I'm like, what would Schmidt do? He would apply for it as if it was him. And, you know, I've started to kind of look at I don't I don't do a cover letter for everybody, but I when I do do a cover letter, I'm like, just talk as yourself at this point. I'm not to the point where I am, uh, I guess. I mean, I'm always going to be desperate, but I just feel like my superpower is truly my personality. This is how I frame myself. And I don't say this in my cover letter, but between you and me, I am a personality hire who can actually do their job because a personality hire has the connotation that, you know, they're just there for the laughs or up there to keep team morale and they're, you know, they can kind of do their job. I can do my job and I can do all those other things. I'm actually a very strong asset. And if you're like, wow, she sounds really cocky right now, it's because I have to. OK, this is keeping me out of the hole. And I just sometimes when I'm writing, you know, a job application, honestly, one the other day, and you might think this was a good idea. You might not. I actually don't want to hear your opinion, so don't give it to me. I <laughs> I'm kidding, kind of. One time they asked in, it was very funny. I got kind of like an interview over text message and they were like asking questions. And one of them was, are you good with decision making? And I said, yes. And I gave, I said, I'm going to give one work example and one personal example. So I gave a work example, snooze. And then I said, I have been a, a bridesmaid 12 times and I planned five bachelorette parties. If I can decide where a group of 12 people can go eat when the restaurant is closed, that satisfies a high group of people with a lot of opinions in a matter of minutes and get us a reservation and make everybody, especially the bride, happy, I can solve any problem. I said it a little bit more polished, but that was the gist. I'm like, listen, play to your strengths. You think I, a quick decision making? I've been doing that since 2014, baby. Pro honestly, before that. But since I have been in weddings, I have learned the importance of decision making. OK, because guess what? The longer you take, the more Susie's going to have an opinion and she's not going to like, oh, I don't I don't know if I like the vibes at, you know, wherever. No, no, no. The bride does. I don't care. I don't remember you actually planning this trip. And I also don't remember you Venmoing me on time, which means that your opinion is not valid here, sister. It's time to leave. Obviously, this has happened to me before. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that that's kind of what it's all about is just, you know, doing that and, and reminding me that, like, I'm hot shit. So we're, we're going to be fine, which is a lot. You know, when you struggle with anxiety and depression, it's kind of hard to think highly of yourself because immediately what happens, this is my spiral. This is just my personal journey, is that I start to get confident and then I get anxious that people are going to judge me for being confident. So then I'm like, maybe I just need to tone it down a notch. Like, I don't want everybody to think I'm cocky. And then I get depressed because in order to make myself not cocky, I start thinking about the reasons I shouldn't be cocky. And then now I'm depressed. And that's on not having Andrew. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's always been a little bit of a struggle with me. And so, you know, it's fine. It's the climb. And here's my thing. March is over. I have survived March. And I know I keep joking about having to shut the fuck up about March. But let me say this because I was really thinking about it. Let's hash it out a little bit between us, between us girls. March 2020 pandemic. 
March 2021, Jimmy breakup. Like Jimmy and I broke up in February, but I moved out of the house. So it was dramatic. Like that was the first time we sat down and talked and I moved out of our shared apartment March 2021. March 2022, Scotland breakup. Super unexpected. Would move down here. Thought everything was going to be good. Bam. March 2023. Obviously lost my job. But here's the thing about all those previous years. And I think that you'll know this because you listen to the podcast. And if you're if you're new here, hi, hello, welcome. But if you are a loyalist and you've been listening the whole time, I do an end of the year recap episode. And I feel like around and in all of these years, because I think I've had the podcast now, if I'm remembering correctly, maybe not the 20. No, I did because I had it when Jimmy and I broke up. So all of these marches, I've had the podcast uh, except for the pandemic one. That's what I'm missing. But anyways, for for those other ones around, you know, fall time, I start to reflect and I start to get so proud of myself. Like March always starts the struggle. And then the rest of the year is me finding myself and gathering strength from whatever happened in March. Right. And then by fall and by the end of the year, I have these thriving falls, these fabulous winters where I'm just like so fucking proud of myself for making it. So actually, fine. Fuck March. Like, let's go, bitch. Every single time you do this to me in March, I seem to get better and have a great end of the year. And honestly, falls my season anyways. So it's fine. Like, let's have some shit in in March so I can thrive in the fall. And we all know that shit happens to me in the fall as well and the winter. But, you know, it's just when I was reflecting on this March thing and having a good laugh once it was April 1st and I was like, oh, sigh of relief, you know, I was thinking that. But each time I just get a little bit better. She gets a little bit stronger. And we love that. Oh, I forgot to mention this to go really quickly back to the whole job thing. I have realized how much getting laid off of a job is like a breakup. And I know I've made this analogy before, but it is really wild because then you have those it's it comes in the same waves where you're like, you know what, like F them, I'll do better, blah, 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 which I'm not trying to talk shit about my company. This is just, you know, what it is. And or or and then you're like sad, like they didn't want me like that's like, oh, no. And then I came to the fun moment where obviously like, you know, they're restructured the department. So there's going to be a job listing. Right. So I got to give it to my dad. He calls me all somber to like tell me. And I was like, who died? He's like, your career. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) He's like. You know, there was a job listing at your company and I just wanted you to hear it from me. And I at the time I was kind of like sad, whatever. And then later on, I had like a laugh because I've had this conversation with somebody where I'm like, hey, you know, I just want you know, I found I I saw your ex on Bumble. Just want to give you the heads up. And then I have also been and I did a whole freaking episode about what it was like to find my ex on Bumble. And guess what? I'm fine. I'm fine. Like we're good. Like, it's okay. At the time I was, I felt all the same emotions. I felt like the rejection and the, they didn't want me and blah, 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 blah. Like all those things I felt when I saw, you know, my ex on Mumble, those are the same emotions, but I felt like I kind of overcame it a little quicker. And I don't know, obviously it's like a relationship versus a job, but still like it was heartbreaking, but I kind of was just able to pivot. And I thought that was really impressive. And I, and I just goes to show and Listen, I don't think we deserve the shit that happens to us. I just want to make that very clear. I don't think we do. I have never understood 
why people have to get hit so hard. I I struggle with it. I I can come to my own realizations for myself, but there's just people out there that I watch continually have to persevere. And I'm like, leave them alone. Like no more hard shit for them. Like let them pass, you know? And so I, I don't understand it for everybody. And I think everyone's on their path. And I don't think it's fair to tell someone like, okay, everything happens for a Riesling for you. Like, no, like come to whatever you need to come to, to get yourself through. For me, in my personal journey, I'm like, okay, I have to kind of see it. You know, I love that everything happens for a Riesling, but I'm also like, okay, that prepared me for this. So, you know, as hard as it was to find Scotland's bumble all those like months ago. Now, when this happened, I was like, okay, we're good. Like it hurt. I let myself have the emotions. And now I'm like, let's move on, on to the next. Uh, (laughs) So anyways, uh, you know, I'm I'm getting there. I think it's, you know, it's hard to stay motivated. Of course, I think everybody would say that I'm just like going to keep it real. You know, it's easy to say, oh, just spend the same time that you were applying for jobs or like that you were at work applying for jobs. And it's like, bitch, no, like my job consisted of me also taking meetings and getting to be creative and build plans and talk to people on the phone. And when you're applying for a job, you're just sitting at your computer. So I was looking to cut that in half and try to do four hours a day, five jobs a day, you know, and that's kind of my plan right now. Like I just, that's what I am trying to do. Those are my goals. And then I set a list of outside goals and things I want to work on to do in the off time. So whether that's like reading a book or, you know, um, trying to cook something new or writing, like I have all these side goals and like, I'm not going to sit here and act like some bad bitch who does this all the fucking time. No, no, no. Like I have my days where I can't figure my shit out and I'm just working on getting through all that. And, you know, uh, I said it a million times here on the podcast, life's a motherfucking climb. So let's just let's just do it together. Uh, (laughs) I also was wondering, do you guys think my neighbors know that I got laid off? Because I feel like I mean, I was working from home anyways, but now I'm just kind of doing obscure things at all times a day. So I'm just wondering if they like know. I don't know. Probably the old guy next door who like keeps tabs. He's probably just so fucking annoyed that I exist in his realm all the time. But as an 80% narcissist, I'm just wondering if they think about me and make rumors about me as much as I do about them. You know? Okay, I have to share something. I, uh, (laughs) this story makes me laugh so hard and I got permission from Bessie Kim to tell it. By permission, I said, I'm so sorry. I'm going to need more details because I have to tell the story on the podcast. So she recently moved to Reno and she's in this new apartment complex. And, you know, she was telling me, okay, so she has a puppy, Luna, star of my latest March photo dump, I would argue, next to the photos from the bachelorette party because 10 out of 10. But so she was telling me because she lives in the snow now. okay, and she's taking Luna out for her shit. And I was like, do you ever just leave the poop in the snow and just hope that snow kind of like piles on top of it? You know, or do you pick it up every time? Because that sounds cold. Like, I'm just curious if like, you know, sometimes I I'm not a dog parent. Okay, I was robbed. And so I don't know, like how how, you know, nice you are about it. And she said, oh, no, I have to because they they'll fine us. And I said, how how would they know it's your dog's poop? And she said, oh, they DNA test it. I said, I'm sorry, what? 
I'm sorry, what? This could have been the I'm sorry, what moment. I'm, I was, what? She goes, yeah. So when they moved into the apartment complex, they paid $35 to swab Luna. So that way they all have it on file. And now when a someone who works on the property sees dog shit or somebody else like, you know, reports shit on the road. It's like, we got to poop. We got to poop a trader. We got to poop on the, poop on the ground. Poop on the, we're going to need that DNA test right now. Poop on the ground. So then they, I, this is how I picture it happening. They like deploy the people and they're in their hazmat suits and they're like, all right, the mission has started. The mission has started everybody. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. We've got a, we've got a stool and they do their little stool sample. And then, you know, that's when you, are a, a Crohn's person, you know, they use the word turn stool. So anyways, <laughs> I imagine, and then they have to find, they literally hunt out the poopetrator, which dog shit, and then they find them. And listen, I'm not saying this is not a good idea, okay? Because I, it makes me so sad when I see people who have signs on their lawn that are like, please stop your dog from shitting on my property, or like, please don't leave poop there, you know, and I get, I'm a dog person. We all know this, especially the otter. He is learning that I cannot go anywhere without stopping and pointing out every fucking dog that I see, even the ugly ones, because there are some and I don't want to hear it. Just like there's ugly babies. I'm not ashamed. Not, not all babies are cute. Okay. And I know I'll get canceled for that. And I also don't think all dogs are cute. So at least I'm an equalist. Okay. But you know, I, in my parents' house, in my third room, I I had the window to the front yard, and I could and I could see, I could see people walking their dogs, and like a dog's gonna shit where a dog's gonna shit, right? Pick it up, and I and there was one person who didn't, and I was like, do I like old man grandpa this and run outside and be like, pick up your shit? Uh, I didn't, I didn't have the strength, but you know, I don't know now. I, as I said, the more I'm healing, the more bitchy I'm getting, so maybe I would. Uh, but anyways, I just thought that was the funniest fucking thing I'd ever heard in my life. Could you imagine? Could you imagine getting the call? And then she told me, cause I was kind of thinking the same thing, but I didn't want to say, she's like, yeah, I get really worried when she has a runny poop. And I was like, I was honestly thinking that like what in the snow, you kind of like scoop up the runs, you know, but like, if you got diarrhea on the sidewalk, like what are you supposed to do with that? Oh my God. I just couldn't. I couldn't fucking believe it. I couldn't. That is just one of the greatest things I've ever heard in my life. I don't know if they do that here in California. I haven't lived at a complex that uh, that I've had a dog. Obviously, I've only lived at one that allowed them. And, you know, they didn't tell me about the DNA poop rule, but that's fucking incredible. And I'll definitely be looking for that. The goal for me right now is a 2025 dog. That's my goal. I have a whole thought process behind it, but I won't I won't bore you with my details. But 2025 I think it's going to be the year that I get a dog. It could be 26, but I'm pushing for 25. Okay. Uh, I would like to get into a little bit of a TikTok corner, obviously. Uh, I first of all want to start with the fact that I saw a TikTok of an old man doing karaoke to The Climb, aka one of my favorite songs, aka one of the greatest songs ever written ever, Miley Cyrus. It's a climb. Uh, I saw him doing this is this just precious old man, like suspenders and all. And I, you guys, I couldn't watch it. I started crying immediately. And was this yesterday on my arguably more mentally unstable day? Maybe, maybe. But it was just, I just kept thinking, is he there alone? Like, I just feel like when you're old and you're singing about the climb, it's like he's really been, 
he's really been on the climb. Like, you know, like he's really been through it and he's there and he's singing and he has the biggest smile on his face. And he like this old man, no Smiley Cyrus. And it's like, is it because of your grandkids? Or are you just a fan? Like, oh my God, it was so sweet. I'm like, is he alone? Does he have friends? Old people alone kills me. <laughs> I just can't. And it was so sweet that I just had to share. But also, um, call Andrew if I continue to do this. Uh, the other thing I saw on TikTok was this guy and he was like, I just went to this all singles workout class and most of the people got dates out of it. And so it's from this app, dating app. I think it was called Lounge. And, you know, they'll set you up on, you know, workout dates or something. I obviously I didn't look into it because I'm here to talk about it. I want to give you the details in case you're into this. I'm not judging you if you do this. Find love the way you can find the the streets are hard. Okay. Find love the way you can find love. And if you love working out, I think you should also find somebody who loves working out. We all remember from my Bumble dating days that when somebody said their interest was gym, I was like, mm, we're probably not going to match. If you tell me I need to go running, I'm not going to be interested in you. However, I do like the encouragement. I do like hot girl walks. It would be fun. But if you are a gym bro, you are not going to like me. I like to bake myself an entire pan sheet of brownies and I don't want to hear about it. Also, as we've talked about on this podcast, I want nothing to do with protein powder. Keep it away from me. I'm not interested. I'm not judging you if you do. I'm just saying I'm not your girl. Okay, just let me be. She's on a fitness journey, but that does not mean that buff boy is going to be entertained by me. So anywho, all I kept thinking about was how there's no fucking way I would be able to get a date at a gym because people are like, oh, yeah, we met at the gym. That's super sweet. I look like just the biggest tomato who's just like a t- you know, when you go to the grocery store and they have the thunderstorms, quote unquote, and they like make the rumbling noise and then like the water comes and like the tomatoes are all wet and they're just like you can see their little droplets. That's me. Like when you're looking at that tomato and you're like that tomato just rolled really hard to get here. That's me. Also, I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know if I want to be told. So if a guy tries to come up to me, he's like, hey, babe, like your squats off. I'm going to be like, no. He's like, you're lifting that wrong. And I was like, also, no, we should just be happy that I got out of bed and got here today. OK, please don't tell me how to lift a weight. And I understand that that's helpful. Go find a, a girl to tell me. OK, I don't want I don't you're going to know. OK, I don't I'm not interested. I don't even know if I want to do it right, because honestly, I don't want to be here. I'm doing this for my stupid little mental health. OK, and to, you know, maybe feel better, you know, a little bit physically and mentally. Okay. But I don't, I don't want your help. H- however, I would say this though, if a man came up to me in a gym and he was like, I saw you and I like, you're it for me. And they saw me in that state. I guess I'd be like, wow, you're going to be wowed out of your mind when like you see me normally. This is also my philosophy on when everybody's like, oh, you're going to find a, a, a date at a wedding. I'm like, no, I won't. Th- like secondary to the gym, Secondary to how ugly I look at a gym is me at the end of a wedding. Okay, one of my ugliest looks possible. And I don't need anybody to be like, you're beautiful. Shush. No, nobody needs to lie to me. Okay, I know what I'm getting into. I did not come to your wedding to play games. Okay, I show up in the beginning like I'm supposed to for the ceremony. 
looking gorgeous, looking my fucking top tier. Okay. I've got my heels on. I've got my dress on. My hair is did. It's probably pinned back somehow. My makeup's looking fresh. I'm going to take pictures with all the girlies. I'm going to look good. Okay. I'm going to eat dinner. I'm still going to look good, but I'm slowly going to back out. Okay. Now the first song's hitting the dance floor and I'm getting out there and slowly the pins are coming out of my hair. Slowly the mascara is starting. It's just getting a little black under their eyes. Okay. But I'm bumping and grinding. Now about, mm, you know, we're like five to six songs in. It's just over from there. There's a drink spilled down my dress. My hair is a ratty mess. Like who knows who's brushing that thing, but it's, it's, it's going to be a journey. Okay. There is just nothing but sweat. I'm probably holding two to three drinks. And you're like, how is she dancing with three drinks? Nobody knows. No one knows how I'm doing it, but I'm doing it. And I am still trying to drop it low. And also my shoes are nowhere to be found. One's probably missing. The other one's under the table and I'm barefoot and I don't care. And eventually you need to hand me a plastic cup because I will break a glass, but I'm not looking well. Okay. So I always knew weddings were not a place for me to score. And as much as I say, like, I can't wait to have like a guy come with me in all these weddings. I also know that I need them to, I don't need them to be in love with me yet, but like me enough. Like we've already had to be through some shit in order for, you know, this to go down, which arguably luckily for the otter, he got a crash fucking course when I lost my job a couple months into us. So you know what? He's good. He has been invited to a wedding. I don't know if he'll be able to make it for work. It's in May, so we'll see. But that's good news, uh, you know, because I know you all want the update. But yeah, anyways, I know for damn sure I am not getting a date at a wedding or at a gym. She does not look good. And you know what? Self-awareness is key. Hi friends, I am so excited about a new segment on the podcast called Ask Ashley. This isn't totally new in the world of Ashley Sleek Incorporated, of course, because my very first blog I had was called Ask Ashley and I absolutely love doing it and I'm so excited to be bringing it to the podcast. But the only way it has mad success is if you all share your juicy questions with me. So please submit your questions. You can do it anonymously on my Instagram at Ashley Sleek, Ashley with two E's, of course. Click the link in my bio and there's a Google form. I promise you it is anonymous because listen, maybe I try to sneakily see if I can see who submitted questions. I cannot. So please, please, please submit there. Or if you don't care about being anonymous, you can submit via your email on my website at ashleysleek.com. I am so excited to hear your questions and I love you so much. Okay, bye. Now that we are past the commercial break, I'd like to tell you uh, another Easter story. I'd like to go back to Easter really fast to tell you all this one story uh, that I didn't think my dad would appreciate. Uh, when it comes to Easter, you know, the night before Easter, most people already, you know, head home and are nice members of the society and are hanging with their families. Not me. Uh, we we knew for some reason that that night was going to be a big party night at one Sonoma State University. And by the way, big party night at Sonoma State means maybe the cops won't come until 1130 p.m. So uh, we go we go to this party. This is when I played lacrosse. Obviously, it's my entire college personality. If you haven't noticed, I'm literally wearing my Sonoma State proud parent sweatshirt right now, and I'm just ashamed. But uh, <laughs> anywho, I went to this party and the thing about Smashley is that, you know, her eyes are are always rose colored glasses. And I went to this party and I saw this guy and you know what's fun is I don't have to make a nickname for him because he came with his own nickname. 
pirate tape. And I don't know uh, what he's doing now, but I guarantee he's not listening to this podcast. So I think it's fair to tell this story. But I, or should I say Smashly, fell in love with this man. And you know what? In my defense, I actually don't think he was bad looking, okay? And it was this tall, good looking guy who said he was on the lacrosse team. I don't remember ever seeing him before, but I was like, okay, like, I guess, I mean, it's a big team. Like, I must not know everybody. And I fell in love with him as Smashly does. And I was holding his hand the whole night. I don't remember this, but several of my friends were like, hey, no, this is not the one like abort mission. But I was like, no, you don't understand. We're in love. We're going to get married. We're going to like it's going to be fine. Like holding hands, Smashly. There's just no talking her out of it, you know. So whatever. I'm. we made out as all good drunk people do. And. The next morning, I awoke to so many text messages from my friends like on the team. And they're like, please tell me you did not hook up with pirate tape. And I was like, what the fuck is pirate tape? Like, what is happening? And then I got this text and it was like, happy Easter. It was so fun meeting you last night. Like, whatever. And I, I was like, oh, like I got some digits. Good. Good job, Ashley. But then it was paired with all these other text messages being like, what are you doing? Stop. Like even from that night, people are like, stop, 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 stop. So then obviously I have to call and find out what happened. And I had to do this while driving on my way to Livermore to attend church with my sister. And I'm finding out that I made out with the weirdest guy on the team. And I was like, I think you guys are just being mean. And I was like, why do you call him pirate tape? And they're like, he insists on taping a stick with pirates tape and like with the skull bone cross. And I was like, maybe an ick, but like, who knows? I said, well, I'll come to the game next week and we'll see. And they're like, do not text this guy. Like, please be on your best behavior. Like, we absolutely cannot with you. And I was like, okay. And then so, you know, I didn't text him back. Then, you know, comes church service and I'm sitting there trying to participate with my sister and worship the good Lord. However, I my phone is blowing up. This guy is constantly texting me. Oh, it's so and so. Honestly, I don't even have to leave out his name because I don't remember what it is. Uh, Like, hope you had fun. Oh, just want to check in on how your day's going. And it's not like we're not talking hours. I'm in one church service and I got three text messages and I was like, what in the God's name is happening right now? And I'm like, oh, my God, Lord, if you're there, if you can hear me, what the fuck? You know what I mean? And it's just it's hard when you are already hung over in church and then you have to have a constant reminder of why you're hung over in church. So then I learned that I was given the nickname Pirate's Booty, one of which I have not lived down to this day. Uh, luckily, I don't see the people who call me that anymore. But I guarantee you right now that if I was in my Trader Joe's and I happened to run into one of these fuckers from the men's lacrosse team in that certain year, they'd probably be like, oh, my God, a pirate's booty. What's up? And I would be like, no, Smashly was bad enough. You know, it was uh, it was a rough time. So then I attended a male lacrosse game the next weekend to see. And when I tell you that I had just an unbelievable, humbling experience. I thought, oh, this guy's so cute. No, there was like weird cheering and dancing and just it was 
And then and then he saw I was there and he was so excited. So I had to make a breakaway. And, you know, who's someone whose entire friend group at that point was involved with this team. I just in every Easter, I'm reminded of how I made myself become Pirates Booty in college. And it was a good lesson after that. I think honestly, there was probably worse people who happened after. No, I don't think I think Pirates Booty was probably the worst one that I that I did. And then I moved on. And then, you know, I just it's a constant reminder on Easter. The other fun Easter story that I love is that one year I was committed to go to Cesar Chavez day at Chico, which also happened to fall. It was a day after Easter. So, of course, I can't miss my mom's fucking Easter. She'll kill me. So I go to Easter. I drive all the way back up from Livermore to Sonoma County, which is about an hour and a half, then to then drive up to Chico. So if you don't know, I don't know why this is, but Cesar Chavez Day at Chico State University in California is like a goddamn like national holiday fucking part. I mean, I, I'm aware it's a national holiday. I apologize. It's just like it's the, like the biggest party day of the year there, which is wild. I went. I was obviously tired from my from my Easter and I was woken up at six in the morning with just a handle of tequila and a little knife. Ding, 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 ding. Good morning, bitch. Are you ready? Ready for what? We're drinking today. We're starting. And we did. And I made it to like three in the morning. I had my first one night stand that weekend. So proud of her. So proud of her. Uh, I don't I, I didn't mean to do it again. But, you know, as we get older, we all make mistakes. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, it was just uh, Easter is a very funny holiday for me because I have the weirdest and most strangest sexual stories, arguably, that go like sex and drinking, which I didn't have sex with Pirates tape. So I think it's fine that go around with this Christian holiday for me. And, you know, I get it. I like that for me. I do. I do. Uh, <laughs> I also wanted to talk about Ariana's revenge dress. So obviously I have to keep us up on the scan of all on this podcast. And it's just because I love Vanderpump rules. I don't really know what to say about it, but it is what it is. I'm obsessed. I, uh, I saw Ariana in this revenge dress. If you don't remember, Ariana is the one who had her best friend cheat on her, uh, boyfriend cheated. Wait, she got cheated on by her boyfriend with one of her friends. And she showed up in this little red number with her abs out. She looks fucking phenomenal. And I was so obsessed. And I just had to give it a moment on the podcast because she looks so stinking hot. If you haven't looked it up, look it up. Also, in the world of uh, television and celebrity, I know I'm putting this after the commercial, which is rare. She's a little off base today. But it's because I was like, I got to get the commercial so I can tell these Easter stories. Uh, I, I've been watching Formula One. I'm obsessed with Daniel Ricardo. Okay. I've fallen in love with this random Australian man. I don't. And honestly, we we have an Australia theme here on the podcast, so I guess I get it. And it's not that he's hot because he, he is. He's cute. But I just love his personality. I love his smile. It's fabulous. And I got so stressed out watching Formula One because I didn't know where he what team he was going to end up on that I fucking spoiled it for myself. And I went and had to go check his Instagram. I'm not going to spoil it for you guys in case you start watching. But I was like, where is he in 2023? I'm stressed. And now I'm like. I just want to get through the seasons because I want to know how this happens. You know, Formula One is so fucking juicy because it is one of those things where you can switch teams in the middle of the season and then you still have to finish the season, which I was talking to a friend of the podcast, uh, Betsy for Life, Julie, about this. And I was like, you know, I guess 
that technically it's kind of like putting your two weeks notice into a working place. Like, you know, you're leaving, but you still have to do your job for two weeks. But this is like more races. You know what I mean? And it's just like some of this shit is betrayal. It's so juicy. And, you know, that led me into what I was going to do for my Ask Ashley. But I want to do the I want to not miss the I'm sorry what moment this week. So I'll save it for next week. But I've been learning about Love is Blind because I refuse to watch it. Uh, But I hear that there was a situation that went down with one of the friends that she basically met the dude for like five minutes and was like, no. So I was talking to my girlfriend about it this morning and I was like, oh, my God. On the podcast, I should talk about what to do if your friends don't like your partner. So that's a little teaser for next week. But also don't forget to submit your Ask Ashley questions. Sometimes I just like to make my own for funsies, but like I prefer yours. So you can do that on my Instagram at Ashley Sleek by clicking that link in the bio. And then, um, sorry, I, of course, have to give you a quick dating update. Uh, the Otter and I took our first picture together. Yep, 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 yep. We have a picture. It's so cute. And I have to say this in case you're like, I want to see the picture. Why haven't you posted it? Here's the thing. We're not official yet. And the only thing that's annoying about that is that I have mentally prepared my social media post. You know, I know what the caption's going to be. I'm I'm already excited for it. It's going to be very short. I'm I'm ready for the hard launch, but I would like him to be my official boyfriend before I go social media official with a picture. And maybe that doesn't make sense to you, but this is my own personal logic. And, you know, I also am really just enjoying where we're at right now. And I don't really feel the need to have this like conversation. Also, I'm going through a lot and I don't really feel like having a serious conversation. I just want to enjoy pieces of my life that aren't stressful. And right now, my relationship with the otter is one of the least stressful things in my life. And he is so supportive of me and I'm so appreciative and I'm not really like I'm I'm just I'm not really worried about it, which I know it's cocky and weird, but I'm just not worried. And I think we're going to be okay. So, you know, when he becomes my boyfriend, though, the picture will be official. However, if you want to see it, feel free to DM or text me because I will send it to you. The way I've sent it to so many of my friends already, I'm like, hi, it's take a look. This is you're my personal social media right now. Uh, You know, as I like talk to my friends about I'm on the phone, I'm like, oh, and we have our picture together. I like to send it to them while I'm on the phone with them so I can get their live reaction or make them look at it in person. Because genuinely, I and I I know I'm being a little bit of a brat by saying this, but like I genuinely think we make a cute couple. I really do. I think the picture's cute. I think we compliment each other. I think we look cute. Uh, also one of the most romantic things ever, uh, we were at the game and we were walking around and I wasn't really hungry. Unfortunately, with all of this stress has also come back my nausea. I had like a one month break and it was so fun and I ate everything and it was wonderful. And, uh, (laughs) now I am kind of back. It's not as bad as it was before, but it's definitely like, I'm definitely back to having kind of a constant state of nausea. And I just think it's probably the stress. (sighs) which is fun. But anyways, so I'm not really hungry all the time. And so I wasn't eating, but we were trying to figure out what he wanted. And we kept passing this like there's a chicken place that has like all these sauces outside. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I should totally take some ranch because I'm out of ranch at my house and I'm poor, you know, and like just a giggle about it, whatever. So then he got a pizza and he got three ranches and we like go back, you know, we're walking back to our seats. and He's like, yeah, so I don't you know, these ranches aren't for me. Like maybe I'll use one, but I I got them for you. Like I heard you say, 
that you wanted to steal them. And I noted it and I took them for you. And I was like, listen, they say romance is dead. And yet, how do you how do you one up stealing ranch dressing for someone like I just don't know if it gets any more romantic than that. I just if it does, I don't think I'll be able to handle it like that was so amazing. And if you think the bar is low, you're wrong because stealing ranch dressing is like the ultimate romance move. And you cannot tell me otherwise. You just can't. I won't I won't hear it. I just won't. Okay, so I have to be honest, this, uh, you know, yesterday I had a very interesting night with my girlfriend, Kristen, and, you know, we're, she was like, this should be the I'm sorry what moment of the week. But when I told the story <laughs> to my dad last night, as I was telling it, I was like, is this is one of those stories where you just like have to be there. Like, you know, you know, the fear is like, is anyone else going to think this is like strange and funny? So I had recorded the whole thing and I'm I think I'm just going to take out the pieces of the story that I think are I'm sorry what worthy because, you know, like Chris and I thought it was wild. And, you know, basically what happened was that we decided to watch the final four or sorry, March Madness ending. I don't know. I We watched the last game of March Madness. So I did. I did get into it, you guys. I, I watched the last the very last game. Obviously, we we're going for San Diego. Kristen pit predicted the like two people who were going to be in the last game, which I learned is like the most impressive thing in the whole world. And like shout out to her. And so basically we were at the bar with this guy. And listen, this dude was I could tell he was like a little toasted, whatever. Like I didn't think he was that drunk. But he mentioned that he <laughs> that he had a startup. And so obviously, as someone who's fun employed, I was like, the ears are up and the game is on. I was like, I have to figure out a way to ask him about this company and see if he's hiring. So, you know, eventually we get into it. Uh, you know, I find out that his his job, that his company is looking specifically to work with influencers. And I'm like, oh, who do you have running your marketing? And he was like, He's like, no one right now. He was like, I was hoping to just get some sorority girl intern that would want to like do influencer work for me. And you know what? It should have been right there should have been the minute I was like, Ashley, this is not going to end well for you. But I was like, you know, this is what I I worked with influencers at my last job. This is what I you know, I love doing it. And I do think I was just so excited about the prospect that I wasn't listening to the fact that like he clearly thought that, you know, just some random sorority bitch was going to be able to do this job. And it's not that I don't think a sorority girl could do it. It's just that, like, clearly you think that it's just all about a girl who could take pictures on Instagram. But like, that's not exactly building an influencer program. I was like, well, do you have like a legal team? You know, I was like, you're going to need contracts. And he was like, yeah, you know, we just need like influencers with 100,000 followers. Like, we'll give them commission on the app. And I'm like, oh, babe, like, no, no, you're going to have to pay them. And let me just say this. If you are somebody who has over 100,000 followers, you should not be doing anything for free. Honestly, I don't even think if you have over like 75 or 50, you should be doing. And that's, listen, that's just a little insider tip from, from the industry. And like, hit me up, baby girl. I'm happy to represent you all day. But yeah, influencers should be making money for posts. Like, unless you have, you know, unless you're a micro influencer building up your stuff, like, you know, I was like, listen, you got to respect the influencers. Anywho, I should have known then. I didn't. And I think the the true I'm sorry what moment about this whole interaction with this guy is just me. 
I think I'm the I'm sorry what moment because this guy just started talking about therapy and how, you know, he's like, I, I think I need to start therapy. So then I got excited because listen, we got to take these men down one at a time. The more men we can get into therapy, I think the better the world will work. OK, I think everybody should be in therapy. But, you know, a man in a startup, that's helpful. A businessman in therapy, let's get it. So, you know, I he he was really nervous about it. So Chris and I were getting giving him some tips, but then I just got like really into it. But I also didn't know how to like stop it. But it was just a lot of him being like, but you don't know how hard it is. And I was like, here's my deal about that, because this is where I was like, I want to hate on this guy for that statement, because obviously being a woman, you know, I'm like, "Mm, please tell me how hard it is as a successful man to be a man, you know. But at the same time, I do openly understand toxic masculinity. So I get where he's coming from. But it was just like, I think the more a man tells you you don't know how hard it is to be a man, it it gets a little hard to listen to. But I got where he was coming from. I get the sentiment. I just thought that me just thinking that I could, I just really wanted to help this guy. And I was like, Ashley, it is not your job to fix a man at the bar. Okay, you know what I mean? And I'm definitely out of my I'm dating guys who need to be fixed phase. Like I was not trying to date this man, obviously. Like, was I trying to get a job from him? One thousand percent. Yes. But I was not interested in dating this man. So I think I'm out of that phase where I want to date somebody that I need to fix. But that does not mean that the hunt is not on still drunk at a bar where I'm like, no, tell me your problems. And I really did think I was making an impact. Okay, I was like, okay, maybe this guy I had all these high hopes for this man. And then I had to find out just the worst news. And that was that he finally left the bar. And I found out that he's one of those rich guys who doesn't think like who who will dispute his bill. And I didn't know that this very specific subset of man existed until obviously I've been uh, dating the otter because he was a bartender and I was never a bartender. I think that's probably for the best because the one wedding that I bartended, I don't think anybody remembers that wedding. So I don't think that I would be good at it. I think that the pores might be a little too heavy and I probably get in a lot of trouble because I was also one of those people at Chipotle who like may have overserved chicken, but I don't want to like that's allegedly because I don't want to say that just in case I have to go back to Chipotle and roll burritos because at this point in my life, I don't don't know what's happening anyways. Uh, so I, (laughs) I just, I just really thought I was going to make like an impact on this guy's life. But then, you know, yeah, I found out that he's one of those people who disputes their bill at the end of night, who gets really drunk and is like, no way I didn't drink all these beers. Like, how do you think you ended up as intoxicated as you are? And then they had to tell me that, you know, cause I was like, well, he said he had a startup, you know, and she's like, yeah, well, he also, you know, uh, is here at 1 PM in the afternoon. And I was like, fuck. You guys, I really thought I really thought I did something. I really thought I went in with like, as I talked about earlier, the white male ego and was like, no, I'm going to go to this bar and I'm going to get myself a job. And just like, I'm sorry, what? Like, I I just the way I think that I I could have done that. I'm proud of myself for trying. I'm proud of myself for respecting the hustle. But uh, no, it was so bad for me. This guy was not it. And it was it was disappointing. And, you know, I, I gave him my email at the bar and he emailed me at that moment. I didn't like follow up because I was like, listen, 
I just don't know if I could work for a company and put, you know, time and effort into a guy that might not respect. But maybe the therapy would help. I'm really hoping that he wasn't too drunk to remember anything that we said, because I do think that at some point we gave some really good advice. But it's an I'm sorry what Ashley moment. Girl, no, just enjoy your chicken tenders and shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? (laughs) Okay, but the other thing I have to tell you is that I have been really like sucking ass. I have like this big announcement to make and I haven't been like teasing it. I've been like shitting the bed on this and I'm going to make an announcement next week on the podcast and it's going to be big. It's going to be wonderful. I think you're going to be excited about it. I think everybody's going to like it. If you don't, then that makes me sad, but like I'll get over it. And as somebody who's like in fucking marketing, like I don't know where I was like doing this tease. I think I just am at this point like just fucking do it like Nike, but go harder. You know what I mean? Just fucking do it. So I have an announcement next week. So if ever there was a time to tune the fuck back in and tell your friends, like, please do it now. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I'm so close to my champagne goals on on this one. So please, if you haven't downloaded the podcast, please do. I'm available on a bunch of fucking pa- platforms. If you want to, like, jump around and see where I sound better. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Apple. I'm on Google. I'm on Amazon. I'm hustling in all the places. OK, the wrong place for me to hustle was at Water Tower Kitchen on a Monday night. However, the right place to hustle is here on my very own podcast. So uh, make sure you submit your Ask Ashley questions. Follow me on Instagram and on TikTok at Ashley Sleek. Thank you so much for listening. I love you so, so much. Have the best fucking day ever. Okay, bye.